Agenda setting conversations of the day. Well, many different issues going on at the moment. You know the number, of course, 086 The High Court in Gauteng has now heard arguments from the Health Justice Initiative. They're asking that government make public the contract signed with pharmaceutical companies during the pandemic for vaccines. Do you remember two years ago, it seems so long ago now, how desperate every country was for vaccine doses, how we ended up signing contracts with Pfizer and other companies so far, very little information about what kind of deals were signed. Fatima Hassan is the founder of the Health Justice Initiative. Fatima, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Great to be on your show. What do you want from government? What information are you looking for? Thanks. So what we've argued for is complete disclosure of all the negotiation records, as well as all the agreements signed for vaccine supplies. And as you've mentioned, during a time of global scarcity, with several companies that the department has admitted that they've entered into contracts with, as well as with intermediaries. Do you have this information about other contracts? I mean, there'd be lots of vaccine contracts that have been signed by our health department for MMR and whatever it is. Is there any difference between the way, between the information that we have about those contracts and these particular contracts for COVID vaccines? So I think there's a few differences. The one is these were negotiated in truncated time periods during a global emergency and during a local state of disaster. So the usual checks and balances have not been there for oversight. Uh, it entailed significant amounts of public money. So you're looking at, you know, upwards of 20 billion rand potentially, but that is yet to be confirmed. And it was also done in a global climate where there was so much secrecy universally that it meant that global South countries like South Africa, um, ha- and it has been reported to that effect in, in certain instances, that we were paying an inflated price for the same vaccine at the same time to the same company for no good reason. Um, And I think more importantly, what we're concerned about is the next pandemic or the next emergency or national health insurance procurement where the state is the sole procurer of goods, uh, health goods for the entire country. And that was, you'll recall, at the request of the manufacturers, they only wanted to deal with national governments because they wanted really broad indemnification um, protection. So what is unusual is uh, all of those issues, but also some additional concessions and extractions around non-disclosure and around total secrecy that were demanded by many of these manufacturers. And most countries, you know, even admitted that they were bullied into signing these agreements in order to get access to scarce supplies. So effectively trading secrecy for supplies. So I think that's what distinguishes these sets of contracts from others. Um, But certainly, you know, we want to create a precedent where all public procurement has to be open and transparent and we can't spend two, three years fighting um, to get access to this information when we have a constitutional right, we have an Access to Information Act, uh, but usually those requests are either denied or ignored and there's you know, a history of government um, conduct relating to access to information filings. Okay, so at this stage, we don't actually know. I mean, I thought the health department um, records would be quite transparent. We don't actually know how much money we spent per vaccine dose when all of this was being negotiated. That's true. We have some media reports and we have some uh, briefings that ironically the minister made to parliament in an open forum. So, you know, the claim that by government that everything's a secret and that they've got to comply with the non-disclosure agreement is also 
a bit um, confusing because the minister himself went and dis- you know partially disclosed some aspects of it. But but to to your question, based on the media reports and if you pitch together. Um, or patch together some parts of these stories, we were paying different prices for the same vaccines, but we don't really know the true price that we paid for each vaccine. And it has implications for what the private sector then paid because it was done through a national program. And, you know, many commentators have in this past week argued that even for the private sector, we're supposed to have a transparent pricing system. So because the state negotiated the price on their behalf as well. Okay, well, this takes us to, to, to the other side of the equation. So on our side of the equation, our government was paying a certain amount of money. And we don't know what that amount of money was. The other side of the equation would be the companies that received the money, and some of them would have duties depending on where they're headquartered, probably Delaware or someplace like that in the U.S., <laughs> to actually publish certain documents themselves. One way to look at all of this, to put it another way, as a sort of high-level analysis, is we could simply look at the amount of profit they made during that time. Did they make big profits during that time? So significant profits. I mean, in in respect of just one contract, one company that we engaged with, Pfizer, you know, this was their blockbuster drug. Um, And so the vaccine rate in, uh, you know, several billions of rands for Pfizer just in 2021 alone. So the profit margin for these companies have been significant during COVID, and we have contributed to that bottom line. Many countries in the global south and the global north contributed to their profit margins, but there's been very little transparency. Transparency International has reported that globally less than 10% of all these COVID vaccine contracts are actually public. So there are activists in multiple jurisdictions who are trying to get access to just, you know, simple information like what did our governments Mm. pay? What were the clauses on export restrictions? What were the terms and conditions for onward sale or donations? Because it meant that many countries couldn't manage their supplies in an ordinary way. If you had access supplies in any given month, did you have to get permission of the manufacturer to donate it to another country, for example? So the control was quite um, excessive on the part of the manufacturers. And I think that's also what sets these sets of contracts apart. And and the bullying was also quite significant. I mean, there's multiple media reports about that as well. Fatima Hassan, thank you. Founder of the Health Justice Initiative. Really appreciate the time. In a moment, more on the Senzo Mio murder trial. Eight minutes to seven.